High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Five minutes past 12 o'clock. Good afternoon to you. How are you doing? How's your Thursday? Are you looking after yourself and those around you? Delighted to be with you. Nikki Seberini here on the DL Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination on 101.9 High FM. And what a week it has been. Of course, if you didn't know, the 4th of February was World Cancer Day. And the whole idea behind World Cancer Day is to raise worldwide attention and inspire action for a cancer-free future. So it's about encouraging prevention and detection and treatment. And very interesting, we, we were supposed to be um, chatting to Anne Stain, who uh, is part of Reach for uh, Recovery. She's one of the star volunteers. She's worked her way up in the organization, doing really incredible work. And we were going to be talking to Anne, and we may very well, I hope we're going to get hold of her, um, just to talk about the the, the 4th of, of February. Um, I know that the theme was I am and I will. Um, the Union for International Cancer Control um, is what who, who heads up this uh, cancer, the, the Cancer Day, the International Cancer Day. And they are the largest and oldest international cancer fighting organization. They were actually founded in Geneva all the way back in 1933 and they've run a whole lot of research um, in many countries around the world and quite scary to see what's come out with the research in terms of information that's going out to um, different people on, on different levels of the socio-economic um, groups. Um, just, just a finding I was reading here, um, the, the International Cancer Control, who, who ran this kind of research, as I said, I think it was 20 countries around the world, um, said that um, they have to really look at individuals, governments, global cancer communities around the world and engage with them um, to close the clear and unacceptable gaps in cancer risk awareness between high and lower socioeconomic groups. So we would think, we've discussed it many times on this show, um, the difference between the socioeconomic groups, their access to information when it comes to, of course, um, prevent detection and treatment um, and interesting to see and very sad to see that this is a, a global phenomena. So hopefully we'll be talking to Anne but we're going to move on to our next guest until we do get hold of Anne. Um, last year Dan Brule came into the studio and I had have had him on the show a number of times and we went through a few breathing techniques um, and I was very lucky to be invited to his workshop and I went along to the workshop and I, I walked away and I can honestly say it's one of the best workshops that I that I've attended, and and only because of the experience, the internal experience that took place um, during the one day, and it was just using breath work to access a part of myself that I don't think I've ever been able to access. So I walked away. I was inspired. I was enthralled. I was curious, um, and I've tried to use this breathing technique. So I'm really very excited um, to introduce our next guest, um, Doctor Ella. Manga is a medical doctor, she's an author, she's a speaker, and she's a founder of Breathwork Africa. So she was very much a part of the workshop. Um, they put the workshop together, they invite Dan Brule um, to South Africa, and we're lucky enough um, to reap those rewards. So um, Dr. Elamanga uh, is an integrated medical doctor. We've spoken about integrated uh, medic- medicine here on the show quite a few times. Um, she's committed to bringing her heart, and I love this, her heart back into the art 
of medicine. Her background in Western medicine, study of wisdom, tradition, and deep curiosity has informed her unique approach to health and well-being. And drawing on her intuition, experience, and scientific inquiry, she partners with her clients to design individualized processes that support body, mind, and heart. Again, we're talking about medicine is now looking at the individual. We are all different. And so we've got to have a such a personalized approach when it comes to our healing. She provides a compassionate but challenging space for her clients in their journey to wholeness. And she's a catalyst for change in the lives of individuals, groups, and broader society. I am so excited after the break to welcome our guests. Stay where you are. Any questions you have, you can call in. But uh, a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to the DL Link Show on 101.9 Chai FM. I have uh, Dr. Ella Mange in the studio, a medical doctor. She's an author, she's a speaker, and she is the founder of Breath Work Africa. And she's just written a book called Breathe, Strategizing Energy in the Age of Burnout. Ella, welcome. Thank you for having me, Nikki. It's so thank wonderful you for, to be here. Oh, well, thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I so enjoyed, you heard, the workshop that I, that I took part in um, a few months ago. And it was really, it was quite, the experience was quite radical, this idea of breathing and with this continual conscious breathing, this repetitive breathing that you can access a part of yourself was extraordinary. And just you being a part of, well, a huge part of the workshop with Dan was intriguing to me. So I just want to talk about you as a medical doctor and then going this route. How, how did that happen? Yeah, it's quite interesting, Nikki. You know, um, so I, I love that it happened. I love that. Yes. Yeah. So I started off my career after doing my internship and in community service as a young GP mm. in a community of Windsor East. And, uh, this was maybe 18 years ago. And it was a lovely GP practice, family oriented. And I really enjoyed the interaction with my patients. I had more time with them mm. um, versus, you know, the, the very quick interaction that we were used to in the hospital setting. And I found that I started to see very real connections between what people were experiencing on an emotional level uh, in terms of their lifestyle and the symptoms that were showing up. And I felt more and more frustrated that I was just dishing out scripts, really, mm. um, and felt that for healing to really be sustainable, I had to understand the individual in a far broader context and that I needed more training in understanding the connection between the body and the mind because I could see it was obviously there. Mm. And so I began a journey of exploring that for myself and doing a lot of reading around the mind-body connection and integrative medicine. And at that time, integrative medicine wasn't a well-known concept, and there weren't many doctors who were practicing this way. And I felt quite alone, uh, you know, that I was a lone voice and felt like I re really needed support. And um, I learned so much from Dr. Bernard Brom, who's really the father of integrative medicine in South Africa. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but my first entry into this world of, um, of mind-body medicine was through a modality uh, called body talk. 
Mm-hmm. Heard of it. Yeah. And that was quite far out, quite far left, you know. Um, and, and that brought together the concepts of quantum physics and Eastern medicine principles of Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine, but also in a really a grounded way that appealed to my then very scientific mind. Mm-hmm. And it was when I started to use some of those techniques in my practice and started to see that I was able to achieve healing, help my patients to heal without medicine, that I became more and more curious and started to use less and less medicine with less invasive methods. And it really has been a journey of discovery for me. Mm. And I can imagine because, you know, a general practitioner and now you're starting to explore other areas. You're going into other kind of healing modalities and introducing it. There, there are groups that are going to welcome you and then there are groups that are going to probably poo-poo what you're doing. Absolutely. Right? How, how do yeah. you deal with that? Well, it was difficult in the beginning, oh, you know. Um, moving away. Yeah, people thought I was crazy. Mm. They didn't understand what I was doing. And in, in, in many ways, I didn't understand what I was doing. But I, I felt like I was listening to um, a deeper voice within me. Yeah. Um, and I, I suppose in my own personal journey of exploring my own spirituality, I suppose, that I was then able to support my patients in in a different way. And for me, it was really important to partner with my patients. I think that's one of the fundamental principles of integrative medicine, yeah. mm-hmm. that I'm not there uh, as, the, as the, the person who knows it all. You know, no one knows your body as well as you do. And when you can really listen to your patient, there's so much information that you are able to, to really hear and work with. And when you can partner with your patient uh, to create a, a to co-create a path forward, it becomes really empowering for that patient. You know, I think so many of our medical systems leave the patient feeling re- really disempowered mm-hmm. and confused. Mm-hmm. And it is really important for me to, um, you know, help my patients to feel empowered in their own healing process and to have agency in their own healing process. Sure. We, you know, this is a show we, we talk a lot about cancer. We have cancer warriors who come onto the show and, and, and I often bring this up that, that moment of that diagnosis and this feeling of your world collapsing and where to from here. And of course, this doctor tells you to do this and then you follow and you go for this treatment. And very often it's, it's an overwhelming experience. And uh, so many of the cancer warriors who have successfully navigated their way through this journey talk about having a, a large amount of control in the healing process it's you fundamental know? yeah you Absolutely. know but cancer is just so huge it's so scary because of what we we know or what we don't know about cancer that we feel we we don't have a power when it comes to cancer mm. you know and that's why it's even more important that you have a healthcare practitioner that really listens to you Mm. With with you with your with your patients, how do you know when to use something like body talk or to use actual medicine like Western medicine? Mm. You know, I think the general principle is to create the environment where healing can happen. Mm. So integrative medicine is based on the understanding that the body has a self healing mechanism, a beautiful, miraculous, powerful healing ability. 
And so when we create the conditions, the environment internally and externally for that healing to happen, then that's the first step. So what I mean by that is can we create the internal environment? When I talk about internal environment. What does that mean, the internal environment? So what I mean by that is that the body works on two kinds of modes of energy. So we have the stress response, which is a very energizing response that is mounted when we perceive a a high demand or when there's a – when there's a, a kind of stressful situation that requires attention, that requires energy, mm-hmm. and that could be anything, okay? It, you know, a body even responds to thoughts that we're having that are, they may be stressful. Right. And the way the body is designed is that we, we mean to channel that energy, use that energy, and once that is channeled and released, the body comes down to a state of relaxation, what we call the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. And it's in that energy state that the body starts to recover its resources, the brain waves start to slow down, the immune system is boosted, the digestive system works optimally, the you know the body breaks down um, the nutrients from food and builds up the neurotransmitters that we need and the building blocks of um, you know uh, of our of our nutrients and our, our muscle. So you know that that relaxation mode is fundamental to healing. And so the principle of my practice is to help people drop into that relaxation response. And most people are not there and they can't access that feeling. So before so you're saying to drop into the parasympathetic, the, get the parasympathetic nervous system activated. Absolutely. Okay. So before I work with any supplements, before I work with diet, before I work with any of that, we train deep relaxation back into the system. Uh-huh. Okay. And that's where breathwork comes in. Mm-hmm. That's why breathwork is so incredibly powerful because it is a very easy, simple way for people to drop into that space by themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to have an experience of relaxation. So this is something else that I find is that we don't know what relaxation actually feels like anymore. We, you know? we're kind of used to being stressed out, aren't we? We used to it. We think we, that's normal. We've adapted to it yeah. and we are addicted to it. Yeah, we are. You know, and we feed that addiction. We feed it through the thoughts that we have. We feed it. This is all unconsciously. We feed it through the kinds of exercise that we choose to do. Everything is really adrenalized. Mm. And so it's really difficult for us to switch off the mind. It's really difficult for us to drop down into that that parasympathetic rest and digest mode that, um, you know, that supports healing. And so that's, that's the first principle. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Fascinating. Can't wait to hear more. Stay with us. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back. Uh, this is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Hope you're enjoying the show. Um, our guest, Dr. Elamanga, who is a medical doctor, author and speaker, founder of Breathwork Africa and uh, the book that she has written is Breathe, Strategizing Energy in the Age of Burnout and Burnout. Boy, do we know all about that. But just before the break, Ella, you were talking about the very first Principle, the very first idea before you look at healing, before you do anything, is to get the person to access that parasympathetic nervous system. And as I was talking about before the break, that this show about cancer, so that diagnosis, when you're told you have cancer, 
where you go to, I'm, I'm dying, I'm going to die, I'm not here anymore. So that would be a, a fight or flight. I mean, you're in the sympathetic nervous. Absolutely. You're there already. So you're saying, before anything, learn to calm yourself down. Mm-hmm. Because you have this inner wisdom that the body has the ability to heal, but we have to access that by calming the system down. Exactly. Okay. So, so before we move on, People who are listening and they're going, okay, that sounds fascinating. You, you mentioned we don't even know that we're highly stressed. How do we, how do we get to that stage? Is it a difficult process? Can anyone access it? Anyone can and everyone should. Should, right. Mm-hmm. So how do they do it? So there are various tools that I help my patients to, to practice. And some of them are basic mindfulness practices. Okay, so mindfulness, right. Simple breath awareness, for example. Just learning to feel what's happening in your body. Mm. So before we can train relaxation, we have to develop a fine-tuned awareness of what the body is actually experiencing. Mm. So can you notice the tension in your neck? Are are you aware of how tense your jaw is? You know, so we're building a fine-tuned awareness of the physical body. Okay. So we use a simple breath awareness practice, simply feeling the, the breath in your nostrils, feeling the rise and fall of your belly as you inhale and exhale. You know, so, so that would be a, a, a very basic um, breath awareness practice. Would you, sorry to interrupt, but would you say to people, because we're busy, we get up, we're doing, 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 then we go to bed. Would you say that people should allocate time to do it? How, how do you, yeah. how, how does that So work? it's actually creating a, a, a ritual of, uh, or uh, should I say a rhythm of ritual. Mm. Okay. So it's a rhythm of tuning in. And so what does that look okay. like? How do you craft that within your day? Uh-huh. And I, I talk about recovery loops. You know, and creating bookends at either end of your day. So how do you start your day in a way that helps you to tune in? And so when you can do that, you can relate to your day. You can relate to the stresses of your day from a different place inside yourself. Right, right, right. How do you end your day so that you're creating a wind-down routine? You know, you're not just flopping on the couch you're and very conscious. You're, you're very you're aware. conscious and you're training relaxation into your system. Okay. So you're consciously activating a, a way of breathing that will bring your body down into that relaxation mode that will support deep sleep so that your sleep is deeply restorative, for example. Hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're, you're supporting your brain waves to slow down. You're supporting your muscles to relax. So you're getting the most out of your sleep. You know, many people go to sleep and wake up feeling even more tired. Yeah, or they wake up in the middle of the night and they can't go back to sleep, so they're not getting a full night. So, so this, this I can imagine would become a habit. This is something that you really have to introduce day after day. Ideally, yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And also to use simple uh, recovery loops through just a sigh of relief, for example, between your tasks. So instead of rushing from one task to another, you know, can you use your your conscious breath? Between your emails, your meetings, you know, mm. it's just learning to the habit of the yes, <sighs> habituating, turning in lovely, constantly. Lovely. Yes. So you you mentioned mindfulness, and and you've mentioned re- introducing sign, you know, throughout the day or mm-hmm. ritualizing. Is is there anything else? I also work with a tool called the body scan, yeah, and it's also called yoga nidra. 
And that's something that I really, really advocate uh, because it's so powerful and so effective in, in slowing the brain waves down and really activating the body's ability to regenerate its energy stores. So we're really becoming masterful at managing our energy mm. and becoming aware of when we are in that adrenalized mode when it's not appropriate and consciously breaking out of it through conscious breathing techniques. And that's why I love breathwork so much because mm. it's so practical and it's so simple and it's immediately felt. Mm. It's something, you know, we, we breathe. If we don't breathe, we, we die. And we're not even aware of how we're breathing. That's what I found so remarkable mm. about this workshop is that mm. when you're consciously, when you set time aside and you're consciously doing that rhythmical, what was that breathing called? Conscious connected breathing. Conscious mm. connected breathing. Um, it's incredible. It's, it's really incredible that we can access something that we have. It's, it's within us, um, to help us with healing and to cope with life. Right. It's a powerful medicine. Yeah. You know. It is. It was indeed. So, so you were, you were, you were saying, so you would help, you would take mindfulness, you would talk about a body scan, making people aware of breathing. And this really is a foundation before you get going with anything. Absolutely. Mm. And, and, and have you, have you noticed an improvement in a lot of your patients when they do something like this? Absolutely. I mean, I think so many patients are so surprised by how quickly the body responds when you just put the basic support in place mm. before you've, they've taken anything yeah. before they've ingested anything they're going within and they're using that breathing i love that i love that yeah. so you've you've written this book breathe strategizing energy in the age of burnout um, we've been talking about the um, parasympathetic nervous system how we react how stressed we are the age of burnout how how would you define burnout yeah, that's a really interesting question, and it's something that I really sat with for a long time, and that got me to write this book, because I think there are various paradigms when it comes to, to burnout. Mm. Uh, you know, the, this uh, world of psychology looks at it in terms of disengagement. It looks at it in terms of workplace burnout. But I see burnout in a far broader context. I, I don't think that it's limited to uh, what we experience at work. I think it's burnout is when we are disconnected from our natural energy resources and there's a disconnect between the body, the mind and the heart. And, um, you know, I think you know, from the medical perspective or many integrative doctors and, and homeopaths would see burnout uh, in terms of adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. And it's both. You know, we cannot separate what happens in the mind, in the heart and what happens in the adrenals. You know, it's, it's one system. The body-mind is actually a one entity. Mm. So I think for me, burnout is when we, we disconnect from the body's innate wisdom. We disconnect from the natural energy resources that we have within us, and there's a disconnect from nature around us and there's a disconnect between us and others so it's a state of disconnection mm. so and it, it always fascinates me the state of disconnection we always talk about we've disconnected from so we're born and we've got these beautiful bodies with this innate wisdom the ability to heal what happens what goes wrong that our bodies fight within and and th then we find ourselves sick and we go externally, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going externally, but that's the first port of call. 
and 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 we don't know how to go within, and we don't know how to access that inner wisdom. What mm. what what's happened? Yeah, you know, it's, it doesn't make sense if there's an inner wisdom. What happened to the inner wisdom? How do we yeah, lose? The, we we, we never lose our inner wisdom. It's always there. Uh-huh. I, I think that you know, through um, life's experiences, we we become more fearful. Okay, mm. so we grow up in systems where we are so connected to our identity, and then we are. You know, we're conditioned to believe that success looks like something. Mm. We are taught what's right, what's wrong, what's good and what's bad. And a lot of this conditioning uh, kind of suppresses uh, the natural flow. For example, um, let's just take emotion, which I believe is is part of our connection with our natural state. Right. Uh, If you look at a baby, you know, when they when they're in pain, when they're unhappy, they cry. When they're joyful, they laugh. Mm. It's a natural expression of energy. Mm. And as we, we get into the school system or, you know, as we, as we grow up, um, our, our connection with our, our natural emotion, um, starts to become more judged. And guarded. And guarded. Because so we're socialized, right? And it's, exactly. Yeah, that. Mm. And it's that socialization that starts to create the disconnection, you know. And as, as humans, we're naturally wired to gravitate towards what's pleasurable and to disconnect with what feels painful. Mm. And so we don't know how to sit in discomfort anymore. Mm. And so we develop these kind of unnatural defense mechanisms and, and armoring. Um, from physical pain, from any emotional discomfort, mm. you know, and um, uh, we gravitate towards a quick fix, quick joy fixes, right. should I say, you know, um, and and so, you know, it's just a gradual process. We disconnect from our creativity, you know. Mm. So how do we support our children to really stay? Connected, connected to that, yeah. When I think of what we sometimes do to our children to get them to socialize, to get them to fit in, yeah, born and born out of so much fear, and we're slowly, what we're doing is slowly disconnecting them, you know, from from that wonderful wisdom that I don't know. Yeah, and it's difficult to rear children when we are adrenalized, That's you know, when true. we've disconnected, sure. you know. So it always begins with us. Sure, sure. So I love that breathing. And as I said a little bit earlier, it's something that we do. You and I are chatting and all the while we're, we're breathing. We're not even thinking about this breathing. And yet when we think about it and when we use it properly, this can be the tool to access the part of ourselves that can help with the healing. You talk about the body has this ability, this innate ability to heal itself. We get disconnected over years because of conditioning and socializing, whatever it is. And breath is the way we can get back to it. Beautifully put. That's yes. it. Okay, so that's it. So if, if someone comes to you, you've said that the very first step is going to the foundation, which is getting them just to go back to the parasympathetic. What, what's the next thing? What, what can people expect when they come for integrative um, medicine? Well, they can expect to be seen and they can expect to be heard. Mm-hmm. And through that interaction, I will feel what needs most support. So 
Of course, we always work with supporting the body. So we look at the gut, for example. You know, what's happening in the gut? You know, that's the foundation of physical health, really. Mm. So our allergies, um, skin conditions, autoimmune conditions. All stems from, from what, bad gut? Well, an ill gut. An ill gut, which is then directly related to being in an adrenalized state. So if we go back to the conversation we had a little earlier, when we're in that fight-flight mode, what happens is the digestive system essentially shuts down because all the energy resources, all the blood is 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 directed towards the periphery, right. you know, to the senses, the muscles tense up. And essentially the digestive system shuts down. The body stops producing digestive juices. You know when you're stressed and nervous, your mouth goes dry? Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. so you're having a tangible experience of that. But essentially that shutting down is happening in the entire digestive system. And if we're locked in that adrenalized state, then of course we are causing a chronic disruption of our entire digestive system. Sure. And that's that's what causes inflammation too. So when we chronically adrenalized in that fight flight mode, we are producing free radicals, okay, which leads to inflammation. Mm-hmm. Inflammation then leads to that. That is the f- the foundation of any chronic illness. Mm. That's the foundation of heart disease. It's the foundation of of cancers and autoimmune conditions. Mm. Right. Mm. So while I support the parasympathetic system, we also restore gut function. How do we, what, through probiotics? And through diet, through probiotics, you know, healing, leaky gut. So, yeah, we work with a multidimensional And once approach. you're working on gut, you're saying there's going to be a huge impact on your overall health? Already, because Already. then you're able to absorb the nutrients right. that you're taking from other supplements. You're able to absorb the nutrients that you're taking from a healthy diet. So, you know, I always say that you, you can have, a, have the healthiest diet in the world. But if we are stuck in a state of fear and and stress and we're not breaking out of that and we are not consciously activating the parasympathetic nervous system, no supplement in the world is going to help you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. So we really have a responsibility to really find ways to turn inwards and to create new neural pathways in the whole body-mind system. Mm. And it's what you're doing it one step at a time. It has one to be. One day you're building, building, building. So that it is sustainable. Mm. You know, it's like learning any new skill. Mm. It just doesn't happen from making a decision to do so. You know, that's the first step. But it's a, a constant practice, a consistent daily practice. And that's hard work. Yeah. Well, being, yeah, working on oneself is hard work. Yeah, but you, yeah, hard work, it's constant work. Constant work, it's exactly. Just, it's yes, what we so should be doing. That's a better way right, of putting it. Yes. So, so again, with the, the show, this show, people are, someone is diagnosed with cancer. Now they're going for, um, uh, chemotherapy, for example. Maybe they've had surgery or chemotherapy. Would, would they come? To you, would, would you, are they, are they just trying to deal with the cancer at that moment or can you step in and help with that treatment? Of course, and it's very important, yeah. you know, that um, they feel supported in their process mm. um, on an emotional level, on a physical level. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the medical system is really overburdened and um, you might not be able to have that conversation with your oncologist or, 
or your other medical doctors. And, you know, so an integrative doctor can really help you to, to see everything in context and also to put pieces together. Right. You know, because sometimes it's really overwhelming uh, when you're seeing different specialists and everybody has a different opinion. So it's really important to have someone um, who can just help you to just simplify everything and you know that so that everything makes sense to you and that you feel that you understand what's going on and that you have control and you know you you're aware of, of what's happening to you and support probably the treatments absolutely you know find ways of of supporting those treatments that's right incredible yeah. so Going back to the book, um, Ella, we, uh, just after the break, um, I want to talk to you because it's filled with, um, real case studies. Yes. And, and I want to talk about why you've done that and, and what you hope to, what, what you hope your list, your, your readers are going to get out of reading these case studies. So we're going to take a break, um, then we'll talk about that. And then we've got a very powerful, incredible cancer warrior joining us. So stay with us. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, if you've just tuned in, hello, good afternoon. I hope you are well. We're having such an interesting discussion um, with Dr. Ella Manga. She's a integra- she's a medical doctor. She practices integrative medicine. Um, she's the founder of Breathwork Africa. She's written a book called Breathe, Strategizing Energy in the Age of Burnout. And Jay Naidu said of the book, a groundbreaking guide to inner well-being and transformation. And that's what we're talking about, the, the healing, the going within. And I, I love that integrative medicine is about a doctor and a patient working together and that the patient um, is actively involved in their own healing. And so we we spoke about, Ella, this, the foundation of everything and whether you have an illness or whether you don't, anyone listening right now being able to learn to relax and really use that mindfulness and tune in. How am I feeling right now? Am I tensing my jaw, as you said? Are my shoulders lifted because I'm feeling tense? Am I slouched over? Am I? It, what, what is happening in my body? So we start to tune into the body, which is really just the first step, as you say, this mind-body connection. So the book, Strategizing Energy in the Age of Burnout, what are you hoping to achieve? What, what do you want your readers to get out of your book? I would like to inspire curiosity mm. around Lovely. possibilities. What's possible? You know, I think we've become socialized and conditioned to see the body in a very narrow context. And yet it's such a miraculous, incredible system that we can work with and support. Right. And so this book is about helping people to experiment with ways to support their bodies naturally. Fantastic. And and you've got all these case studies. Tell us about that. You know, as human beings, we connect with stories. Mm. And we can p- pick up any book and we can learn so much about so many things through the Internet. You know, information's there. But I think that when we read a story, we can relate and we feel that we're not alone. Mm. It, it really inspires us to be less judgmental and hard on ourselves mm. because I think we are so hard on ourselves. And when we're going through something, we think that we are the only person going through this. True. And so when we, 
we read someone else's story, we feel that we're not alone, you know, and we we feel heard, and we are inspired by what's possible. What's possible? Mm-hmm. Oh, the curiosity yeah. and then the, the then the what's so possible. for me, it's really to invite an exploration. Mm. Connecting with, as you said, that mm. part of the part of us that yeah. the, the wisdom which is always there, just reconnecting. Yeah. Threads back home. You Threads know. back home. Yeah. Love that. Love yeah. that. So, is it in the in the bookstores? Is it out? Is it? Yeah, and uh, you can also find it on Amazon, mm-hmm. and uh, you can contact me directly through my website, drilamanga.com. Fantastic. And at the back you've said Breath is an illuminating user-friendly guide To help develop conscious strategies and habits To master our health and energy And you have Breathwork Africa And at Breathwork Africa you actually have workshops So besides reading the book Being curious, reading the case studies Being inspired by what other people have overcome um, Connecting and not feeling so alone They can come along to these workshops And they can actually experience With with experienced facilitators What it is to use um, this conscious What is it called? Conscious connected breathing, breathing Which I have to say is incredibly, incredibly powerful that's how I found it. So people can also get uh, Breathwork Africa, the details on, on your website? Yes. Okay. Or go directly on Breathwork Africa's website, breathworkafrica.co.za. And you are here in Houghton, aren't you? Which My is just around the road. In Houghton, okay. Yes. Do you have the workshops there as well? We run the workshops at various locations all over Toba. Fabulous. Cannot really, I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Unbelievable. Such a, an amazing experience going through and experiencing this breath work. Ella, so lovely having you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. And, uh, I really hope that so many of our listeners, um, are inspired to really explore and realize that they play a major role in their healing. Um, and that they investigate this further. So thank you for sharing your knowledge and your inspiration with us. Thank you. It's been great. Um, Dr. Elamanga on 101.9 Chai FM. So, you know, I mean, Feb, hello. We're here already. We got you very, very fast. And I cannot believe that in a month's time, just over a month, it's going to be the Jerusalem Marathon. And if you are taking part, you're probably training and you're getting ready. And if you're not taking part, you may be wondering, why am I not? It's, it's, it's never too late, um, to get involved. Um, I, I mentioned before the break that, uh, a, a courageous, a powerful, an inspirational cancer warrior will be joining us. I first interviewed, um, Bev Siegel years ago when I first started hosting this show um, she's been on the show a number of times her story is extraordinary um, and I link it up with the Jerusalem Marathon because on top of every single challenge that she has faced she took part in the Jerusalem Marathon 21 Ks last year and I think it was the very next day she returned to her treatment so Bev wonderful having you back on the show how are you and Lovely to see you. Thank you so much. Looking for so me. gorgeous. You, you look thank so, you, so, you, so, so, so gorgeous. It's always lovely to have you here. And I said, you know, it's, it really is, it's, you know, is this a journey? Is this a, how does it feel for you? You, this has been nine years. 
Yeah, nine um, years of your life. I was basically I was diagnosed in 2010, um, so it has been nine years of my life. Um, it will be basically ten years in October. Mm. And you know what? I learned to I carry on. It's part of my life. You know, I don't like to define myself as having cancer. Because that's not who I am. Mm. You know, obviously. It's so important. Mm. You know, we were having a chat, a group of us the other day about mm. illness and what you can't change and what you can change and identifying I am the person that has. I mean, did you, from word go, did you say, I'm not going to, it's not me. It's something I have, but it's not who I um, am. I wouldn't say from word go. Really? Because, okay. you know, it had to sink in. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, if the shock mm. and then, the, you know, the complete anxiety and then the acceptance. Mm. And I'm at acceptance now. I mean, it's taken me quite a while, but I accept my lot in life and I have a life that is so full. You know, I, I do my charity work. Three, four times a week I exercise I've now become Very involved in yoga Which has been Incredible mm. for me I've been doing yoga For the last five months And wow. You know The only time That I really stress And is like Well basically In two weeks time I've got a PET scan Yeah So it's just You know The anxiety of going in Having the pets and then waiting the following day to get your results. Mm. And that is really the time that I do stress. Yeah, I can imagine that you would stress yeah, at that yeah, time. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, you, you talk about acceptance. Yeah. And you said it took a while. It did take a while. And, and I started off saying, is it a journey? Is it what, what I mean, because it's been a long road. A long um, road And it's been a windy road for you really Because you've reached one point And you thought Okay I've just overcome sure. that hurdle And before you've known it There's another hurdle yeah, Right yeah. So we're, we're going to take a break But after the break Just just an idea of At what point Starting off with your first diagnosis And if we can share with the audience d- Did you feel that you, you could accept what, what was happening okay. to you Quick break We'll be okay, right back Perfect Hi FM Your station of choice since 2000 Welcome back. Bev Siegel, our wonderful Dear Link Warrior in the studio. Powerful woman, powerful mind, powerful body, powerful spirit. Bev, nine years ago, you were diagnosed with a, a tumor in your a melanoma. I was diagnosed with a melanoma in the right in eye. In the right eye. Yes, right. 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 And do you want me to tell you a yes, little bit yes. about it? Okay, so I was diagnosed with a tumor in the right eye in 2009. And eventually... Um, after going to one or two optometrists, they found that I had this mass in the corner of the eye with a severely detached retina. Fast forward, um, I had something called brachytherapy in the eye in Cape Town where they detach um, the muscles in the eye and they put an 18-carat gold, almost like a... It's it's almost like a bracket under the eye mm-hmm. and they monitor the uh, the pellets of radiation for a week go back after seven days they de- they they um attach your muscles back into the eye and right following that i was then my tumor had um metastasized to the liver and they suggested that i have chemotherapy i had um 12 sessions of chemotherapy um at that same time they decided that i needed to have my eye removed so they removed the right eye because it had metastasized um, and then the chemo was completed. Mm. They then put me onto um, epilumumab, um, which was for treatments. That was the first time I was actually in remission. I think it was for 14, 14 months. Mm. Kept on having checkups, all good. Two or three years later, a new tumor on the liver. And then it actually metastasized to my bones as well. And we spoke about a treatment called Keytruda, which is an immunotherapy treatment, which I'm currently on. 
I've been on Keytruda now for two years, and I can say that I pretty much have stable disease. Um, I have tumors still in the liver, but they have reduced in size, and there's no trace of any tumors in my bones at the moment. And I'm sure people listening are going, what? What? Mm. How, how do you find acceptance in, in, within that? Yeah, you know, um, for me, it was, I've never actually questioned why me. Okay. Never, ever, ever, which is actually quite bizarre. It is. You it's know, incredible. And I've always... Because then you're not a victim. And I didn't realize what I actual... I mean, I have a very strong mind. And you know what? I thought, well, this is my journey. Mm. This is what Hashem has chosen for me. Mm. And I'll do what I have to to fight. Um, I've never been the kind of person that after a liver surgery to go and lie in bed. So I'll stay in bed for like three or four days, coming out of intensive care, coming home. And the next week I'm like on the road yeah, because that running. is my mind. I'm yeah. running, I'm walking, I'm doing some form of exercise. And that is my healing yeah. as well. It's a huge part of my healing is my exercise. Okay. So you exercise your mind, mm-hmm. not identifying yeah. I'm the person with cancer. Never. I'm Bev. Never I have, have cancer. I never have. It's my journey. Sure. Uh, sure. Not a victim. No. Powerful. You know, mm. we were talking to Ella, doctor, you know, mm. just mm. before mm. you, the she mind, awesome. the body, using yeah. that mind. Yeah. Um, and having people to support you along the way. So the DL Link and you have had a long-standing relationship. Um, you've played and your hubby have played such a huge part in helping with fundraising. They've been there for you. Sure. It's such a mutually beneficial sure. um, relationship. Yeah, yeah. And and you decided to take part in the Jerusalem Marathon last year. That was incredible. Was it? So it was pretty much, I mean, I thought I was going to do it. Maybe I'm not at all dependent on my treatments, you know, the timing of my treatments. And I remember Michelle phoning me up and saying, no, Bev, you have to do this. Because I think I just received really, really positive news about my pet. Mm-hmm. And my daughter said to me, right, mom, we're starting to train. And I originally had said 10 kilometers. Cal, I can't do 21. I've never done 21 ever. Anyway, we trained and we trained. And it was incredible. Firstly, to do it with Kelly. To do it together. To do it with, with your Cal, daughter. which Amazing. was unbelievable. We did a lot of training. We like did 13 kilometers like twi- uh, twice a week or so. And it was eventually it was time to go to to Israel, and my hubby came with as well, and Rob did the five. So you he know, also for me, raved about it. He loved it. He absolutely raved about it. The atmosphere, I mean, just the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and just being in Jerusalem, it just has the most incredible soul. You know, running through the old city, um, people cheering you on. <laughs> And I remember I had like, I was 19 kilometers. I'm like, Kelly, please, how much longer? How much longer? She said, Ma, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. Come on. And we ran in holding hands and Rob was at the, at the, at the finish line because he hadn't started his race yet. And he said to me, he had tears in his eyes just seeing his, his wife who, I mean, I know he loves and adores me and Kelly. And it was just, it was incredibly special, Nikki. Mm-hmm. And to be a, a, a cancer warrior. Sure. You know, you are a cancer warrior. This has yeah. been your journey for yeah. a long time. Sure. And to run, who, who, did you have someone's name on your back? I actually ran for myself. You ra- I love that. I said I'm running for Bev. I love that you ran for yourself. I ran for myself. Oh. Kelly ran for her mom and yeah. obviously Rob ran for his wife and mm-hmm. um, it was very powerful. And you can't do it this year because no, you've, you've got a, you've got a something else. But mm. there are people who are listening. There are those who have made the decision. You know, times are tough. Mm. People who would love to do it can't mm. necessarily do it. Mm. What, what would you say to the person who's undecided or maybe if they really push, they can make this a reality? I would say, you know, I wouldn't even think about this. I say it's something, it's, it was on my bucket list to do. 
I mean, even though it was such a short period of time that I decided to do it, I would say, guys, if you're able to do it, it is the most incredible race. Look, it's not an easy race. There's mm-hmm. a lot of uphills on mm-hmm. the 21. But if you can't do 21, do the 10 or do the 5. You can even walk it. And it's something that I believe you shouldn't miss out in your lifetime. If you are able to do the race, please do it. Just do it. Yeah. And being a part of the DL Link. Being a part of the DL Link, you know, the support. The support that we have from, you know, I mean, Michelle, of course, and Gabby and Terry and many, many others. They're there, um, they're guiding you on, they, they're standing at the fence. I know Gabby ran it last year, mm-hmm. Michelle was there at the finish line, and you know what, they, they just inspire you, they oh. just inspire you, come on babe, do it, you can do it, and the organization was phenomenal, phenomenal, and the people that I met that I didn't even knew was, you know, was doing the race with me, everybody becomes incredibly tight, and um, Oh my God, it's just a must. amazing. It's a must. It's an absolute must. I will be there next year. You will. God. I know you will. <laughs> and, and so there you are holding your daughter's hand. Mm. You've crossed the finish line. There Rob is everyone else cheering. You've achieved something extraordinary. Right. And how long after that did you then go and continue with your treatment? Um, I think we actually left, um, Israel possibly on the Monday and then I had to have my treatment. I think it was on the Friday, the following week. I had treatment. Yeah. Mm. And, um, you know, I was walking on air. I mean, I just thought, oh, my God, you've actually done the 21. Here you're going through all your treatments. And, you know, it's possible. Mm. It is possible. And that's how I found it to be. You know, when I'm not having treatments, I'm great. I'm fine. I have the strength to do whatever, you know, I need to do. Incredible. Bev, you are... Really, you are an inspiration for so many of our listeners, those who are cancer warriors, but for the, the family and mm. friends who are listening, it's possibility and it's hope because life is so uncertain sure. and we certainly don't know what tomorrow no. is going to bring. So no. to just no. experience so fully every moment, mm. to mm. be able to be connect, connected mind and body and, and be strong, Mindfulness. you embody that, you really yeah. embody that. So mm. I think that you've inspired many. You've certainly inspired Thank me. You, it's Always a pleasure having you, you in the studio. Thank, Thank you, so you. Much. And just God bless and go well. And I can't wait to chat again when you're preparing for next year's DL Link Thank Marathon. You, Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you. Oh, Thank you, Bev. Thank, Thank you. Well, you've heard the show. Um, why don't you make Jerusalem Marathon your dream? You can do it. Just join Team DL Link. Run for a purpose. Carry the name of a warrior on your back through the streets of Yerushalayim. So go to www.dllink.co.za for more info. The marathon is happening on the 20th of March. You need to book your flights now. There are many added extras from the DL Link. There's a kit. There's the group Shabbos meal. You go on a tour. Don't hesitate. Do it now. We will see you on the other side. Take care. I hope that you have enjoyed the show. I have loved it, and I have so enjoyed being with you. From me, Nikki Seberini, until next week, goodbye.